This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Woody Giuliani's my favorite mayor of all time. There's no question about it. But, you know, I love guys like Ed Koch. And I even like this guy now, uh, Eric Adams. With the governor in my lifetime, there's only one I like. Like, I hated Cuomo, and I can't stand this woman. The only one I ever liked was George Pataki. Now, yes, he was the only Republican in the last, I don't know, 100 years. <laughs> Feels that way, at least. But he's just a smart guy. He's a good guy. And most importantly... He's a really good guest on this show, and he likes me. So here he is, <laughs> my favorite governor, George Pataki. How are you, George? How are you doing? Good, good, Sid. Hey, how could I not like you when you say things like that? <laughs> you know, it's, it's always an honor to be on your show. It's an honor for me to have you. I mean that uh, very sincerely. And there are rumors I'm hearing that one George Pataki was at Rayo's on a Thursday night. You were spotted by both Edel. <laughs> Yeah, I was there last night. I saw Bo. Uh, a friend of mine has a table every fourth Thursday, you know, and it's hard to get in the Rayos, but we go and we always just have a great time there. Well, not hard for you, again, uh, being the great governor, George uh, George Pataki. You know, every television set that's on in the newsroom to my left here, George, you've been in these studios, you see all these TVs, and they're all talking about this uh, $2 billion. The U.S. has now announced another $2 billion in Ukraine aid, and I go back and forth. When Bernie was alive, uh, God rest his soul, he and I used to rail with people. Enough, Peter King especially, enough money, enough weapons. And then for some reason, the last couple of days, I've allowed people, George, to convince me that it's a good idea to keep this going because you have to stop Putin. Now I realize I've gone the other way again. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. This is a blank check. This thing can go on forever as long as it lasts. Could be a year, two years, three years. We don't have to keep giving these people all this money. I know you brought heaters there. I know you care about those people. But this is becoming perverse, Governor Pataki. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I can understand. And, you know, the fact that you go back and forth, is you're not unique. A lot of people do. They're just not sure. Uh, if it's the right thing to do or not. But I, I really have no doubt that it is. You know, this is look at look at Russia. Putin is evil and he's committed to doing everything he can to hurt the United States. And it's not just the invasion of Ukraine. He was doing cyber attacks on the U.S. They were stealing our, our uh, secrets, our intellectual property constantly. And look who their allies are. They're being supported by Iran, North Korea and to a great extent, China. Uh, these are not America's friends. And if we back off and Ukraine loses, and if we don't continue to help Ukraine, they're going to lose. Uh, then all of a sudden, this axis of evil will have a great victory. And it's not the way you, you promote peace. It's the way you promote war. I'm a Ronald Reagan guy. Peace through strength. And if we show weakness in our willingness to support Ukraine, uh, we're just going to see horrible things around the world. Well, listen, including I, I, Taiwan, I, I, including I, South Korea. Listen, I, I'm a Reagan guy, too, and I'm all about fights in the streets. I'm from Brooklyn. We've got a $32 trillion deficit, Mr. Governor. We have so many issues in this country, from infrastructure to medical issues. There's billions and billions and billions of dollars we need every day. I'm sorry. You're not going to convince me that we have to break the bank for the Ukrainians. It's not our war. Yes, I understand. We don't want Putin to keep winning. You know, 
It's not our war. If our country was great and terrific position everywhere, I'd say, fine, why not? We're in terrible shape here, a $32 trillion deficit. We borrowed from the Chinese in the first place. All these weapons we gave to the Ukraine, we have no idea who really has them. All this money, there's no accountability. This is nuts. I see. I don't think it's nuts at all. You know, you are absolutely right that we are horribly in debt because Biden has just gone on a multiple trillion dollar borrowing binge, and it's trillions. And when you look at the two billion for Ukraine, yes, two billion is a lot of money. But look at the four hundred billion he wants to just forgive student loans. You know, there are better ways to reduce the deficit than cutting off aid to one of the most important allies we have right now in the world. And Sid, uh, I know you love history. But look at the history whenever we have been weak. It hasn't resulted uh, in, in us uh, avoiding conflict. We've had the conflict. Uh, if, we had, if we had stood up to Hitler a lot sooner, if we hadn't allowed appeasement, it would have been, we would have been much better off. And here, if we back off, if we don't help continue to help Ukraine, Putin's going to win. Uh, if we do help Ukraine, if we give them enough I think they can win this war, and it can be settled. Okay. And I don't think it has to linger for three yeah, I, years. I don't, I, think, I don't think they I can mean, win the war. I mean, Putin's going to win this war. He's going to lose a lot of men along the way. It's going to be— has. Right, has. right. He's lost a lot of men. It's been embarrassing. It was supposed to take three days. It may take three years. But he's going to win the war eventually, and somewhere down the road, whether it's two years or three years, and we're, I don't know how many billions in, he's going to win anyway. And where are we going to be? Owing the Chinese more money. No thanks. No, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think we have to rebuild our military. We're giving them things that are not first generation. Most of the things we're giving them are a step behind what we need today. Uh, we're seeing when the Russians are using their old uh, equipment that it doesn't work in a modern war. So this is this will ultimately, I think, help us be able to be prepared for a struggle if there, hopefully there doesn't have one. We don't have one, but against China. Uh, and this, this is good against evil. You know, Ukraine was sitting there and got invaded by this barbaric dictator. And you said he doesn't care about losing a lot of money. He's already lost over 100,000 people, and he doesn't care. And we're just going to look the other way. We're going to say, well, we did enough. Tough luck. You're going to lose. Putin's going to win. He's going to be empowered. China's going to win because we don't want to give another $2 billion. When we're giving $400 billion away for student loans, when we're spending $1.7 trillion on programs that you can't even understand, nobody knows what they're like, I agree. We have to cut spending. We have to reduce the deficit. But the way to do it is not to blink in the face of evil. Okay, fair enough. Uh, now you convince me to go the other way again. So, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. You're not uh, that easy to convince. No, no, I, I know better than that. You're no, I know. No, no, listen. Uh, I'll get off and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll kill you. What's Pataki talking about? Now, listen, you make great points and a lot of things I can't argue. But that's what I loved about Trump. I'm sorry. We did not police the world. Now, look, if Trump was still president, Putin would never do this. And how do I know that? Because he was president for four years. He never did it. There was never even a thought of China going into Taiwan. And who shows up in East Palestine, Ohio? Trump. So, you know, listen, I know a lot of the Republican Party have turned their backs on Trump, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, but I haven't. And again, what he did two days ago, while the liberal media is calling it a photo op, I would say to you, Biden and Zelensky in the courtyard, that's a photo op too. I mean, I hate to say it, but Donald Trump did two days ago, that was great. Did I lose him? Where's Pataki? Oh, I think he hung up. He said, you're going to hang yeah, up. we lost him for a second. I'm going to hang up with you, and you're going to kill me. <laughs> then he hung up. <laughs>
You finally did it. Nice work. Yeah. All those beautiful things I said about the governor. and Is he back? Let me uh, no, get to uh, Pataki. Still's trying. Yeah. The Ukrainians cut his phone off. Is it really gone? Is that it? What happened? Maybe the phones are an issue now. Now, don't say his phone number over the air. We're going to do this live for you, folks. We'll get Pataki back. Takapina's going to hop on at about 9.25. He was supposed to join us at 8.40, but he forgot. (laughs) It's really that simple. He forgot. So he's going to hop on at 9.25. That was such a great conversation with me and Pataki. And, And what happened? Could be a phone issue here. You know, Lou, is that possible or is it his phone? Oh, I think anything's possible with if he has a cell phone. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I looked around and all of a sudden he was not there. Yeah, no, he's back now. Uh, Governor Pataki, I was saying that um, Donald Trump showing up in East Palestine, Ohio. You talk about showing weakness, what we've done there for Americans, not Ukrainians, Americans. To me, that looks very, very weak. Pete Buttigieg just visit yesterday, very, very weak. But Trump, like him or not, showing up two days ago, photo op or not, but that was pretty damn good. You? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was it was a good thing for him to do. And the Biden response has been horrific. I mean, Buttigieg, what did it talk? 18 days before he finally decided maybe I go should go take a look. This guy has been an absolute catastrophe. But it's typical of Biden's administration. They're all such ideologues. Uh, that they don't actually get anything done. And it's, and it's really sad. The people in East Palestine desperately needed help weeks ago. And finally, the Biden administration is getting around and saying, well, maybe we should do something here. And it's just outrageous. You know, if this had been someplace other than a place where it was bright red, you know, overwhelmingly Republican, I think they would have been there in day one. But apparently they just didn't care. And now finally, with the press beating them so badly, they're shamed into showing up. And I think the fact that Trump went shamed them into showing up. Uh, but it's too little, too late. And that's typical of the Biden administration when people are in need. Yeah, I think the Trump thing was really the catalyst more than even the media beating them up. Because look at the timing. The very next day Absolutely. after Trump is there. Yeah. Uh, and you would have been there because uh, you're that type of guy. You were that type of leader. You're right. These guys are not. But I want to switch to the state, because you were the governor here. And a couple of weeks ago, Kathy Hochul unveiled the budget. Eric Adams, the mayor, went up there, and, you know, you saw all those meetings, and he complained, and, you know, he's going to be nice to her first, which is smart. I do the same thing. Then he rails her and says, hey, let me tell you something. All these governors for a long time treat the city, New York City, like we're an ATM. Now, I think there was a bit of her probably there, but I'm not sure. Was Eric Adams, you think he was being honest? Is that something the governors usually do, treat New York City like they're an ATM? You know, every governor is different. And, and the answer is no, because, you know, apart from me, every single governor has been a Democrat and they win the election by carrying New York City by seven to three, uh, more than two to one. So so you can't treat New York City uh, uh, as an ATM. The problem is that... Uh, Hochul and Albany treat the taxpayers as an ATM, uh, and they just continually uh, reach in the people's pockets to to give money away to their friends and their interest groups. It's not that they spend too little, it's they tax too much. And, you know, now, Sid, when I look at the budget, you know, we need, what is it, 300,000 more units of affordable housing. 
uh, hundreds of thousands of people have left the state. What happened to their houses? Why can't people sit, live there? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. we need more housing when the population is going down. It's just an excuse for the government to spend a lot more money uh, to tax more from the people who are leaving the state when the taxes are too high. Uh, and they just got to get their act together. But, Sid, I got to tell you, I'm not optimistic about that. You know, I don't think Governor Hall. Oh. No. Gone again. Oh, he was about to hammer Kathy Hochul. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, Governor Pataki has me right there, right there at the point of climax, and then his phone hangs up twice. You want me to call him again? Yeah. All right. John Katzmatini said, give him your number, get him back. He's loving the conversation. Joe Esposito wants to find out about the U.N., the former chief of police turned actor. But uh, Pataki's got a crappy phone. Must have bought it in the Ukraine when he went to drop off those heaters. <laughs> got a good one from Zelensky. Yeah, Let's Zelensky. Go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, hey, governor, if you, you know, let, if we stop sending money to the Ukraine, somebody can buy you a halfway decent let phone. Me, let me try this one. Good. Is he back on there? I'm not. Uh, I'm going to take this to the very end, like the Ukraine war. Hey, uh, uh, governor, you know, if, um, if we stop giving money to the Ukraine, somebody can give you a, a decent amount of money for a decent phone. You ever think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I need something, that's for sure. <laughs> no, you're no, about. I, I, don't, I don't expect the government to give me anything. They've been taking things. They'll, they'll keep with it. But I understand the concern about Ukraine. Yeah. We do have to have better ability to account for all the money that gets there. You know, make sure it's going to the right people for the right reason but to cut off the good side so that evil can win is just a sign of weakness that empowers well, not, China, listen, North Korea, uh, Iran, and the crazies of the world who already want to do everything they can to hurt us i'm not saying cut it off okay but when you see good. zelensky purchase a brand new condominium in fort lauderdale on las olas and you try to figure out where that money came from george i mean let's be honest okay uh don't cut it off help him out some but i gotta tell you Showing up, your words, sometimes that means a heck of a lot. That goes uh, as, as far as money. I'm just telling the amount of money and weaponry with all the issues you've got in this country does not make any sense. No one's saying cut it off, but there's got to be an end somewhere. We can't keep doing this month after month, year after year. We just can't afford to do it. We can't. You know, uh, we we can keep afford, affording to do it. I, I I don't think we should just have an open-ended commitment forever. We have to have accountability. But the people who can't keep doing it are the Ukrainians. They're the ones who are dying on the front lines, and they're fighting our fight. This is not a fight between Ukraine and Russia. This is a fight between autocracy, just uh, total throwing out the rule of law and international law, taking a country that's smaller than you and saying, you're going to be mine now. And by the way, I hate the United States. And every day I do everything I can to hurt them. Uh, We can't. It's not just don't cut them off. I think if we did more in the short term to help them, and Putin got the sense, wow, you know, they're serious about this. I'm not going to win this war. Uh, Then we could have a settlement. But if we show weakness, if we start showing that we may waver in our commitment and Putin thinks, aha, I'm going to, if I wait them out, I'm going to win. It just means thousands of more people killed. Wait a second. And the bad guys win. You know better than that. You know Putin doesn't care. He doesn't care for all in, half in. He's not afraid of Joe Biden. He's not intimidated by the United States. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. So it doesn't matter what we do because he started this war in the first place because Biden doesn't scare him. And by the way, there's atrocities going on in Africa. There's atrocities in a million countries all over the world. But we picked this one. This one, the 
Ukraine, which paid the Biden family very, very handsomely over the years. You've got a compromised president fighting a war that isn't ours, spending billions and billions and billions of dollars trying to stop a guy that doesn't care. I mean, you're much smarter than me, and I love you. You can talk to your blue in the face. This is crazy. This We need to figure out a way to stop printing money for these people. This is not our war. Bottom line. When you look, bottom line, when you look at the trillions that are being thrown away in Washington, this is a commitment we need to keep. This is our war. If we back off here, uh, we're going to see Taiwan, South Korea, the Middle East just become much worse. That's what history tells us. That's what this axis of evil is saying. And Putin does care. So long as he thinks he can win, he'll keep at it. But if all of a sudden he gets the impression, I could lose this war. And he could lose this war if we do enough. Then all of a sudden he's going to sit down and say, let's settle this thing. And that's what has to happen. It has to end. But peace through strength, not peace through putting our heads back in our own borders. All right, listen, I hope you're right. Like I, said. No, I hope you're right. Like I said, you're much smarter than me, but uh, he I ain't... I don't know about that. No, it is, and he's, <laughs> but he's not going to lose this war. He's going to keep going and keep going and keep going. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's going to keep going so long as he thinks he can win. Well, he's if going he to win. I mean, George, unless we start putting boots on the ground and fight this war like we did World War II in Normandy, he's gonna eventually going to win. It's just a fact. And I don't want to be sending our kids to the Ukraine to fight this damn war. No, I think everybody agrees with you on that. We're not going to send. Well, then he can't lose. Then he can't lose. If they had the white right weapons and Putin takes a look and says, uh, you know, no, I'm not going to win. And the Ukrainians have such resolve and such commitment. You, You go there and you just see the strength of the people. It's everyone who says we're going to win this war and they're dying by the thousands to defend their country then you say the least we can do is give them the weapons to show Putin he's not going to win. And then Putin will sit down at a table. We can have a negotiated settlement. The bad guys will not have won. And it'll be far better for America uh, over the course of the next generation. And I, I, I think I think I feel very strongly about this. I know you do, too. And we all care about America. We're all we all look at our country's interests first. This is about America, but it is our fight as much as it is Ukraine's, because if we allow Ukraine to lose, it's going to be the opening of the door for a a decade of nightmares around the world. I honestly think that. Okay. I love you. This was a great conversation. This was an important conversation because you know that there are very smart people like you and I who debate about this every day. A lot feel like you. The minority feel like me, but it's still a worthwhile discussion. And hopefully you're right. Either way, you're a great guest and a great friend, and I love you. Thank you. Thank you, Sid. And I think what we just did is important. People can disagree and be friends and have an honest discussion and hopefully reach common ground. Thanks, Sid. Always great being on with you. Uh, It's an honor to have you. Thank you very much. And you're right, and that's part of the reason why I've developed this relationship with the mayor. I mean, we agree on very little, me and Mayor Eric Adams. But it's important to have that dialogue, to have that back and forth, because without it, Nothing is ever going to change. So thank you, George Pataki. This is about the only thing me and Pataki disagree on, but I feel very strongly that this has to end sometime soon. This is nuts. 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.